Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It is September 11th. Direct lithium extraction is gaining traction as a time, cost, and carbon effective practice in the industry. Many companies are finding value in this new method. Mining analyst Alina Islam is here today to provide a market update on this technology, focusing on E3 lithium, grounded lithium, and lake resources. Following up with details on an optimized mine plan out of Canadian-based company Norm Lithium. Rounding out the episode, mining analyst Timothy Lee has updates from his recent site visits to gold and silver-focused companies Goldstorm Metals, Tudor Gold, and Scotty Resources. So with that, Alina, over to you. Thanks for the introduction. This week I wanted to talk about a lithium market update that we recently published. In a light of E3 Lithium's announcement about starting pilot plant operations, we wanted to provide an overview of lithium brine developers and where they stand in the race to begin commercial-scale brine operations using direct lithium extraction or DLE technology. So for those of you that may not be familiar with DLE, it is a process for isolating the lithium element from brine solution without the need for traditional evaporation methods. The process is more environmentally friendly, it uses less water and energy, and results in fewer carbon emissions. The end product from a DLE circuit is a high-purity lithium concentrate. It's either a chloride or a sulfide, and this can be further refined into a carbonate or hydroxide. So DLE is already being used to produce lithium carbonate in China. However, data out of China is very limited. And it is also being combined with traditional evaporation methods in Argentina. But there are currently no companies, at least that we know of outside of China, that are using only DLE technology. And this is what we have focused on in our report. While we believe that most eyes remain on E3 in Canada, there are plenty of companies that are ahead of E3 in terms of their DLE development. Diversified companies such as Rio Tinto and Aramet are targeting production using DLE technology only in 2024. But when we look at pure play lithium brine developers, Standard Lithium and Lake Resources are leading the charge here. Both companies are in the midst of operating demonstration plants with Standard Lithium announcing a DFS last week, and Lake's DFS expected, is expected by the end of the year. So we've tried to summarize where each company stands on one chart on page three of our report. So please go to our website and take a look at that. Uh, while there is somewhat of a race to get to the end of the finish line here, we would highlight that a breakthrough by one company does not necessarily apply to all brine projects. This is because the technology or DLE technology needs to address individual brine chemistries and how to filter out impurities that are unique to each brine. With the lithium prices down almost 50% year-to-date and producers like Albemarle down almost 30%, we would highlight that developers are up almost 6% and in line with the performance of the TSX. So we continue to believe that there is still room for growth here as DLE projects are tested and scaled and brought closer to commercial production. In summary, we could therefore see commercial-scale DLE operations as early as 2024. So we just highlight three of our top picks in the brine space. These include E3 Lithium, which, as I mentioned earlier, is at the pilot plant stage, Lake Resources with its DFS coming by the end of the year, 
and Grounded Lithium, which recently published a very positive PEA on its Kinder Sleep project, and in our opinion, is significantly undervalued. I would note we have a buy rating and $13 target on E3, an Australian dollar $250 target on Lake Resources, and a $1.75 target on Grounded Lithium. So moving on to the plays from the brines, still in the lithium space, I also wanted to talk about Noram Lithium. We have a buy rating and 550 target on the stock. Noram is not a banking client. So the company provided an update on the mine plan optimization work that has been underway at its Zeus project in Nevada over the last few months. The goal of this work was to look at mining and producing from the high-grade core of the Zeus deposit first. I would note that a PA was published for this project in 2021, and it outlined a 17,000 ton per day operation, producing 32,000 tons per annum of LCE over a 40-year mine life. However, based on work to date, uh, the optimization work has now outlined a 19-year LOM from processing what the company is calling higher grade and medium grade material and then an additional 11 years from processing of lower-grade stockpiled material. So this results in production of about 670,000 tons of LCE over a 30-year life of mine. So under the new plan, uh, processing now occurs in stages with an average grade of 1,450 ppm processed first. Even though the life of mine has decreased when compared to the PEA, the optimized mine plan contemplates a smaller mining and processing operation, which we believe will help inform capital and operating costs in the next study. Um, so in summary, we are encouraged to see that management is revisiting the mine plan in an effort to enhance the economics of the project, especially in light of the inflationary pressures that are plaguing the entire industry. Mine plan optimization work uh, continues for Zeus, but in addition, met work and flow sheet design work are also underway. And once the company has finalized this, we believe it will help further de-risk the Zeus project. And that's all I have this week. Over to you, Tim. Thanks, Alina. We recently visited three companies in the Golden Triangle area of British Columbia. Gold Store Metals, Scotty Resources, and Tudor Gold. These companies all have relationships, as Goldstorm was a spin-out from Tudor, and the two companies share personnel and core facilities. Meanwhile, Scotty and Goldstorm share a camp and have adjacent properties. First, on Goldstorm Metals, that's GSTM on the TSX Venture Exchange, it is a Red Cloud investment banking client. Goldstorm has two properties in the southern part of the Golden Triangle. These are named the Crown and Electrum Claims. Overall, we came away with a positive impression of Goldstorm Metals. The key positives here are, first, the management team has a great deal of experience discovering and delineating deposits in the Golden Triangle. The team is led by Ken Konkin, who is a geologist with particularly strong experience in this region. He played a key role in discovering and delineating the Valley of the Kings deposits that now are the Bruce Jack Mine, as well as other deposits in the region. Second, we view the properties as particularly prospective geologically. While Goldstorm is basically an early stage explorer, they are not starting from scratch. 
as there was significant work done on the properties in the past, including initial drilling and a small historic mine. The historic drilling on the Electrum property encountered high-grade gold-silver veins with highlights of 31.4 grams a ton gold and 19 grams a ton silver over 2 meters and 441 grams a ton gold and 400 grams a ton silver over about half a meter. As well, a chip sample taken in 2020 contained over 100 grams a ton gold and over 20,000 grams a ton silver. Notably, this high-grade mineralization resembles that of the Bruce Jack mine nearby. Goldstorm is now in the midst of a 3,000-meter drill program. This utilizes two drill rigs, one focused on the high-grade veins and the second on porphyry targets. Given the location of the initial drilling within areas of known mineralization, we would not be surprised if they encountered results similar to the historic holes. Third, the project has good infrastructure access. Electrum is road accessible, and the transmission line going to the Bruce Jack mine is located close by. We also visited Scotty Resources. Scotty is SCOT on the TSX Venture Exchange. Scotty has the past-producing Scotty Gold Mine, a high-grade mine that operated in the 1980s. We came away with a positive impression of Scotty. The keys are, first, they have a past-producing mine with good infrastructure access and known metallurgy and with an active mine permit. The project is road accessible and is only one kilometer from the transmission line for the Bruce Jack mine. Second, the mineralization was not completely mined out, and Scotty has delineated high-grade veins beyond the historic workings. Drilling within the mine area is highlighted by 109.4 grams a ton gold over 2.53 meters. Third, Excellent exploration potential has been identified beyond the immediate mine area. Most notably, the company has been delineating the Blueberry Zone, where they have had impressive high-grade drilling results, such as 34.6 grams a ton gold over 11.9 meters, and 15.3 grams a ton gold over 13.5 meters. Drilling has demonstrated good continuity, and this zone remains open for expansion in multiple directions. Finally, we also visited Tudor's Treaty Creek project. Tudor is TUD on the TSX Venture Exchange. Tudor is a Red Cloud investment banking client. On the positive side, we definitely see the size potential here. They already have a resource containing over 30 million ounces of gold equivalent. This remains open for expansion. It is contained in multiple deposits, which appear to even include different deposit types, from porphyry gold-copper deposits, as well as epithermal deposits. Also, the project continues to yield impressive drilling results, with particularly long mineralized intersection, typically at least one gram per ton gold equivalent over hundreds of meters. Highlights include 1.12 grams a ton gold equivalent over 1,497.5 meters. One challenge with Tudor may be thinking forward to it becoming a mine. It is located up high in the mountains, and infrastructure is a bit more of a challenge. The work is largely helicopter-supported, which is a bit more expensive. But on the other hand, they are located between Seabridge's properties and the Bruce Jack Mine, which are located on similar terrain. Bruce Jack is in production, and has road and power infrastructure. And Seabridge is in the process of building a road that Tudor could potentially build a spur from to its property. 
The increasing infrastructure potentially opens the door to more development in this area. Thanks for listening to the Red Cloud Research Roundup podcast. We hope you enjoyed this dive into recent notable mining news. Remember, you can join us every Monday for new episodes. And as always, you can head over to redcloudsecurities.com to access our research portal, to read full disclosures, and to sign up to our email list. That's it for this episode, and see you next time.